join us as we go down the rabbit hole. That's right, baby. You've tuned into the Rabbit Hole Podcast, covering Paramount Plus's new hit show with Kiefer Sutherland, Rabbit Hole. You can check us out at dvrpodcast.com. Check out all the wonderful pods that we do. We just finished Mayor of Kingstown. We're covering Yellow Jackets. We've done Lost, Leftovers. What else did we do, Solo? You do it. Mine Hunter, we did. <laughs> yeah. What about uh, Succession with Ando? Success. Are you doing that weekly, or is uh, yeah. that just a one-off? It might turn into it. You know, I'm trying to get back to podcast every single day, so check us out at Daily DVR or on this rabbit hole feed right here, and you're, you'll hear what we're talking about. And, and, of course, that voice right there is my partner in crime, the solo to my folo, Heath Sentazzo, <laughs> actor extraordinaire, Star of Star City Murders coming soon to somewhere near you. But I'm known as Heath Solo when I podcast. Yes. As all of you know. That's your AK. You know, it's funny. I was dying. I was driving today thinking about the pod. And I was thinking about names of the pod. And I'm like, the John Weir experience. Uh, <laughs> you know. But then remember when you used to do when you used to say dvr does or whatever yeah it's like dvr does rabbit hole i was like whoa Peter might be after us That's so i true. figure you probably shouldn't call it dvr does the rabbit hole but well, yeah. um if we're doing a yeah, rabbit I mean, hole we're giving a rabbit love right so i mean i mean uh, in one sense skateboard something i don't know no i'm excited uh you know me i love paramount plus and uh once i saw kiefer Coming out with a new show, I go, I'm in. I will watch every Kiefer pilot, whether I stick with the show or not, is the only one the only Kiefer show. I mean, of course, we love Jack Bauer. I mean, of course. We've talked about it a ton. We love and and was the one there was a show he did where he wasn't really the main guy, but it was all like different people all over the world and they were connected. Do you remember that show? What that was called? I just remember designated survivor. That was when, well, yeah, yeah. That went to Netflix and like changed showrunners every year, and yeah. I did not stick with that past season one. I must admit. Yeah, I did two seasons, and my wife. Uh, then when it went to Netflix, I think my wife finished it. Okay, uh, third season or whatever it was. But no, there was some some show he was in where it, it was post Lost, and it was like everyone's connected in Japan and the U. And he was like connecting people. I, I forget what the show was. Um, but anyway, uh, Kiefer does great work. Uh, he has been since, gosh, well before the Lost Boys and Flatliners. Uh, but no, uh, excited to talk about the show. A lot of questions, Axel. A lot of what the hell's going on. Maybe I know what's going on. I'm not sure what's going oh, on. That was touch you're talking about. Touch, yes. Yep. Touch. It didn't touch me, evidently, no. but this one has touched me. I, after watching the first two episodes, I was like, oh, there's no more. I wanted to keep going yeah. because I was intrigued. Yeah. So, well, let's get into um, it, man. We're going to be here each and every week. Today, we are covering episodes one and two of rabbit hole as they just dropped on paramount plus um next week we'll be back with episode three 
Uh, I guess the title of the episodes, the first one was called Pilot. Even though I think this was a straight-to-series show, they still called it Pilot. And the (laughs) second episode was called At Any Given Moment. Both were directed by Glenn Ficarra and John Requa, who are our showrunners and creators of this show. Um, You have here in the notes that they were... They were involved. I think Glenn Ficarra was involved in This Is Us. They both were. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Doing my research. And, the, and actually, you don't have to say in the notes. Okay. You can just do it like it's your own. <laughs> I, you can take credit. It's true. It's true. I mean, don't even worry about it. But yeah, no. They, they, uh, they're a co-directing team, and they write, and they produce. Like you said, This Is Us. Uh, the show Next, which this show reminds me a little bit of. I had that next feel because I watched that show they did with John Slattery. It only lasted a season. Yeah, it was I very that interesting. Show. Very, very Philip K. Dick. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know Philip K. Dick did do a movie called Next <laughs> with uh, Nicolas Cage, I believe. One of his films. I think that was based was, on a short that, story of Philip K. Dick. Yeah, it was. Yeah, because he did Minority Report. Wasn't that a short story? And then, yeah, I mean, he's done Blade Runner and. But in uh, but this kind of had that Philip K. Dick feel to me, and I'm only going to say that once because that sounds a little weird on the pod. But uh, but but definitely next when I saw that they did next and uh, and they and then they love to do movies with like three uh, names with commas, right? That's true. Crazy stupid love, whiskey tango foxtrot, foxtrot, and I love you, Philip Morris. I like that movie. I love you, Philip Morris. I thought that was really funny. That was a good one. Yeah. But uh, we're here to talk about Rabbit Hole. Let's get into it. We decided to podcast this sight unseen. Um, unfortunately, Paramount Plus did not get back to me about screeners. I hope maybe they'll listen to this, even though we have the only Mayor of Kingstown podcast in the world. Um, but watch the first episode, and I said, whew. Man, I am glad that this is a good show. Watched the second episode, and I said, oh, okay, this held up. It was even a little funnier. I like the characters more. Um, I was actually quite happy um, that Haley Winton, played by Meta Golden, came back and was a part of the show because I really liked her. And Kiefer was awesome. We got another little kind of sting-like caper to go in and get the fob. I I just, I really like these two episodes, man. They flew by it. They were about 45 to 46 minutes each. So they're taking that time out for commercials. Um, But for me, this was super fun. this, This show, even though it was a little different than I thought, I thought that he was going to be like a spy guy. I didn't realize that he was like a corporate espionage guy, but there's obviously more to the story because one thing that I was really cemented in my head, I was like, I got to say this on the podcast. So I'm going to say it now for me. There was just as much interesting stuff that was in the plot and in what happened as wasn't. I think there's a lot of misdirection I think that there's a lot we're going to find out about what's happening now and the situation that John Weir finds himself in, but also his history, his dad's history. This goes a lot deeper 
And that made me like, that's why they call it rabbit hole, baby. Yeah, no, you're right. And, (laughs) and you know, you, that first scene with the priest when, you know, which is three weeks later. Yeah. So I knew, I, I didn't really know much about the show. I assumed now I assumed going in, he was going to be, it was either going to be like that uh, Christian Slater show where he's got two personalities and doesn't know it. <laughs> uh, Dr. Or, Robot, Mr. Robot. No, 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 not oh. even that one. It was an NBC show. Can't remember show names. The other one. He was, yes, that was great. I, You're right. Oh, I love that show. I love that show um, where, you know, he plays two different, you know, he's like a dad and, and a normal life. And then he's a freaking spy who kicks ass. Like it was, it was pretty cool. Anyway. Um, so I wasn't sure if it was going to be that it felt like, is it going to be shot like a shining girls? So I didn't know going in really, I assumed it was dual reality or some sort of, but when it kind of like went through, I had that in my head. And then by the end of the two episodes, I'm like, you know what? I don't think so. At least I don't know. (laughs) So I was pleasantly surprised the direction they went and I'm glad it's not, you know, as much as I would love to watch Kiefer as Jack Bauer again, and I would love to see him. He he did that one uh, season of the fugitive reboot that was on like some weird streaming. And I don't even think you can find it anywhere. So I was curious. The name of that Christian Slater show was my own worst enemy. Just wanted to. Oh yes. My own worst enemy. 2008. Wow. Was that long ago? Yeah. I know. Holy cow. So I, you know, when going into a Kiefer uh, show, I like to gauge kind of what type of character he's going to play. And this is definitely different from his other characters because he's confident yet paranoid yet very smart but doesn't you know doesn't have the skill set to fight off you know a black ops team so i kind of like it's like almost like a mix of a lot of his movie roles together so i was like okay and i had no idea like that first heist or uh, not heist but that first con or first job mm-hmm. they did at the bar right with the soccer match and manipulate like I was like, okay. I'm like, now Axel, when someone, if someone get offered you five grand to change the channel, would you do it? <laughs> I'd probably do it for about five bucks solo. You know, we don't have any sponsors <laughs> for the podcast. I'd be like, this is for the Patreon. You're, uh, yeah, hey, you exactly. want the RSS feed there, John Weir? Yeah, I, <laughs> I agree, man. He is playing a different character. He's a bit more vulnerable in the. Uh, physical physicality and athletics. That's why I like that he's not Jack Bauer, right? He gets his ass kicked, right? <laughs> right? Like by the intern and by her too, right? And oh, that's by true. The woman yeah, too. So I, I kind of liked that. I liked that he was morally ambiguous. That we, we, we have an FBI agent, um, Maddie, who's after him. And she's saying, you know, she keeps saying, this guy is a lunatic. He's he's bad. He can do bad things. And the way she views what he does and the way he views it, you know, what he did was 
not really legal. You're right. Like he's misread. Like there's a lot of SEC rules about this, and you know, yeah, so sure. he he is a guy who's not a hero. So I kind of like that. I kind of like that he's different than that, and I like the way that they seem to be with the flashbacks to his dad. Of course, we see who his dad is at the end, which is awesome. I was waiting for him to be like Jamie. Um, uh, start cutting, cutting up a boar or something. Uh, best <laughs> intro of a character in television history, by the way, right? When he's cutting up that boar when oh, we first yeah. meet him. Game of Thrones, if you haven't seen it, podcast Winterfell, check it out. Um, we're learning more, but I do feel at the same time, because of the premise of the show, because we're getting so many um, crazy events happening and flips and who's on whose side, a lot of twists and turns. I don't know if I trust it, right? And I don't. I still don't know to trust. Maybe Maddie's right. Maybe he is not a good guy. I mean, in the second episode, we find out, which we didn't know until that point, he was hired to kill Yang, right? And he, yeah, he tricked. Which? Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I was going to say. Remember, he was showing. Um, Valance was this is this first name Miles or did I No, I think you're right. Him, I think it is I Miles want to say Valance. Okay, cuz yeah, cuz Valance is on the IMDb. Um but I could I'm like I could have sworn he was calling him Miles. So, um anyway, he he was he played the brother in Next and of course, great season on Ozark. Um great actor. Um but um yeah, so he goes, he's shown him the pictures and he goes, and the coup de gras. And we're like, oh, okay. And then we f- see the coup de gras later. Right. You know, and that Edward Holm is, is dead. And I'm like, wait, what? And then, of course, we knew that he, he's keeping him at his parents' house. But I was like, okay, was it, was he supposed to die, kill him? Was he supposed to stage it? Which I believe he was supposed to kill him because then, yeah. of course, every they, he was all he was set up by the eye in the sky, and so it was very interesting. And when he goes to coup de gras, I, I, I wasn't, I didn't even think of him being murdered. So I'm just like, wait a minute, I'm rethinking Weir and his team and what he does. Now, did he keep that from the team? Is that, that something you know? So does he get his hands? much dirtier than what was presented to us. Like you said, with the, with the FBI, you know, what you just said about Maddie saying all these things about him. And we, you know, unfortunately we see Kiefer and we're like, Oh, it's Kiefer. You know, he's going to play like the upstanding agent or whatever. But I'm like, Hmm, started to get me think, wait a minute. Now he didn't kill him, but, What's his end game with that? But, that he, insurance? but he did agree to kill him, right? Right. And he right. did tell him that he killed him, which explained to me, because in the first episode, he's like the body of, and then we see at the end of the first episode that he's alive, right? That's the kind of, that's the kind of grab the stinger there. Oh my gosh, he's really alive. And then we get another one at the end um, uh, that we see his dad. But it, it like whose body was that? 
Who identified that as his body? How deep does this go? Why would he agree to do that? You mentioned his team. We see that the intern, that's all the kid is named in the show, who the skateboarding intern who turns against him, he obviously did. How well did he know him? How well did he know his whole team? We don't know the history, right? Like for all we know, this was the first job that they've done together, yet they seem to know him, right? Like they, enough. Because well, they mentioned how he's never paid for anything. Yes, so they've worked exactly. with him before. So they worked with him before, but how well do they know him? And was right. this just one team he was working with? Does he have, uh, does he do other jobs? Because they weren't really a part or were they? knowing that he was supposed to kill the guy. It didn't seem See, to that's me. that's the question, Axel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we both agree. No, it didn't you're seem right. to me that no, they No, because they don't seem, yeah, they don't seem like the team that would do something. I mean, they seem, you know, they have good character. They're, you know, schmoozing about. I can't see them as sociopaths or, and he oh, going to kill them, no to problem. Dis- yeah, and he told them once he, once the pictures were taken, Right. And we're led to believe, Mm -hmm. okay, it's all about making it look like there's a payoff here. So this company, so this company doesn't get this deal that they want. Right. They're working with the SEC or whatever. Oh, they were working with them. There's a, there's a, um, something bad going on. And then he says, melt away. But then he pulls out and he's going to pick the guy up. Right. And we, and we don't find out what happens after until we see that that he's in his basement. Um, but my question is, how much did they know? Obviously, the intern, the skateboarder, knows more than anybody because he seems to be working with whoever is putting this into motion. Right. And I, I just, and who is this Tom guy? Remember their next client, Tom. You got, you know, we got to get ready for Tom. You're going to be back to meet with Tom. Who is this? high price client that they were about to work for, or is that just a ruse? Was there ever a client? I mean, there's so many different things. Does it mean anything? I just, they mentioned it a few times. So I'm just like, Hmm. Uh, you know, that's why I'm going to just hit it right now. Axel, my big, big theory, or do you want me to wait? Hit with, so let's do it, it baby. Let's get into it. All right. Let's rabbit hole this mother. Um, so there's a couple of things. One, the Haley thing, the hookup, and then him fi- like finding the camera in the lamp or whatever, the mm-hmm. nightstand. Okay. There's that, which he like expected. She genuinely was like, I don't know what you're talking about now, whether or not she's a plant, is she playing along? Is she just innocent? I think she isn't just innocent. She's just it's like a long con, but it was interesting, um, you know, that aspect, you know, like, okay, who's trying to, you know, Kiefer is constantly thinking the FBI is following him, but I don't think it is the FBI and I don't think you do either. Um, but all these things, even who the, who is the intern texting throughout all this? I think John Weir is behind it all. I think He's doing something else that we're going to slowly learn about. I don't think this is someone else doing it from the first two episodes of what I'm gathering. I feel like he is doing this. 
And we're, as an audience, not expecting it, not playing stupid, but he's not really doing that. But I just feel like he's behind like everything. Now, people may not know it to him. Like the intern could be texting him literally, but he, he he's I like someone this else. theory solo. And I, I like this theory even more that Dr. Ben Wilson or Charles Dance, John Weir's dad, I don't know why he's called Dr. Ben Wilson, but he has a different well, it's, name. Yeah, because in the flashbacks, his father's called Ben Weir. So whether he changed his name, ah, is it his dad? Um, I like it. You know, so some stuff so, up here. Yeah, so that 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 will be interesting. Why his name is Ben Wilson? Why did um, he fake his own suicide? Did he know that his son was going to walk into that house? I, yeah, and jump out of the car like that. I think this all points to. This whole thing is about somehow righting this wrong that happened to his dad because it can't be about money. And one of the things that convinced me of that is that in the first episode when they explain what they're doing with uh, what's what's the name of the company, um, Arda Analytics, which is the company yeah. that Valance runs. They want to create a narrative that the Barrymore group is in bed with the treasury department because this benefits a company called Lux brand from outside attacks or takeovers from the Barrymore group, right? Mm -hmm. He says, if all goes to plan, we're an Arda analytics valance will split 3% of the sale price, which John estimate estimates is about $20 billion. So he's going to make quite, if he actually goes through with this, right? That was going to be quite a lot of money that was going to be made here. So is it about that money? Did he think that he could get to a certain point and then it turned on him? I kind of like your idea that he is in control of this thing because He's also going by when, like when he walks into the police station and Haley says to him, what do you think you, if you just walk by, people won't see you? And he goes, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm just going to walk in there with confidence, <laughs> which, but you know, I mean, I could tell you this works anywhere. If you want to sit in better seats at a concert or a, 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 a sporting game, you want to just get, just walk through. This is why I always tell my son. You're not supposed to go there, Dad. I'm like, just walk in like you own the place, and they'll let you through. People are not going to stop you. A hundred percent. People are too scared to yes. do it. Yeah. But there's so many different things where you could just walk in and act like you're. I mean, we see it all the time as someone posing as a doctor. You know, and like you know, a bad guy usually dresses up, grabs a chart, and kind of you know makes pretend he's you know. To, but the stuff is so chaotic and people are so in, especially now people are so into their own world and their phones. You can, you can manipulate yourself through anything yeah. with it, well, confidence. That's why they do. call it a con man, right? It's a confidence man. hundred yeah. percent. And th yeah. that whole scene is fantastic, but I, I feel it. like, I, yeah. look, he keeps on going to his house. 
He keeps on going back to the city. He doesn't seem very worried that he's going to get caught. He doesn't seem very worried when he's sitting in front of her hotel or sitting in front of Arta Analytics that he's going to get caught. Now, maybe you could say that's a plot hole. They needed the character to get there. Perhaps that's true. But also, perhaps he's not worried about anybody catching him. I mean, did he put the fake news? Think about who's watched it. Could that have been a fake news thing? That's a great point, Solo. That's a great... maybe Maybe he already knows who Haley is. And he's playing it along with her. He does. He does. I'm telling you, he does. He, 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 that whole thing about the app, oh, I swiped and you were at the bar. That's why I'm like, is she a plant? But like, I think she is, but he's already five steps ahead of her mm-hmm. and he's playing along. He knows. And there's a reason why they showed that little, um, heist ruse with his team at the bar. I mean, you yeah, notice when, yeah. when he's talking to her, they look up and they see, you know, breaking news, blah, blah, blah. I mean, if you go back and look, how many of our characters actually saw that? Is that even, you know, so, you know, he could have done it for her, could have done it for Mitch. And and so they see it. I mean, who knows how I think he's so deep in this. And the reason why he goes to the priest and talks about reality and stuff, because he's so deep in this and he's playing two sides, he might be getting a little lost in it all. And we don't know, is that his dad? Is that not his dad? <laughs> he calls him dad and, and it's Charles Dance, but we, you know, who knows? You know, so there's a lot of stuff that, I mean, I'm probably wrong about half my theories and what I think, but we're just looking at the possibilities with two episodes I and like, what could be going on. Definitely. And I like what you said is that we're thrown right into this this first heist, right? And we should learn from that. And we should learn from other things that happen in the show. Like if everyone thinks that, that a home, the sec guy is dead and they have a body, but he's really sitting in John's childhood home. Who's to say that Valance is really dead. Right. That, that the whole thing was staged because John at the, when he, just before he dies, he says the plan is the plan. And it kind of sounded like he was saying to him, the plan is Mm. the plan, right? Like we're still going to go through with this part. Maybe he's not dead. Um, the, the person who sends the message tell do it now on the screen is called Anon one anonymous one. We don't know. That was me. (laughs) It was solo. We don't know. Solo's anonymous. He's a hacker. We don't know (laughs) who who is, who the uh, skateboard intern is texting with. And the coincidence of showing up right when John is there to get the fob and also in a sense, protect, not in a sense, but totally blocking off the doors and it to the point just up into the point where he picked up the skateboard to hit him. I thought, Oh, okay. They're working together. Right. And John is the one texting him. And then we see, Oh no, they're at a crossroads here. 
how far into it did they come? Did he change or did he change? You know what I'm saying? Is that a show really just for Haley and any of the cameras or the police that were watching? And the the FBI. FBI. The FBI. She's there too. Is that a show? And second of all, either John is directly working with the intern and doing this, or like I said before, John is acting like another, a third party that the intern doesn't know it's him, but it could be him. And he, that's part of the whole plan. Yeah. You know, I, I think he might be the bad guy in this or a cool bad guy. We love bad guys, Uh, but you know what I mean? Like he's doing this and it's, you know, maybe his mental what's wrong with he, he's just so like, he's kind of effed up in the head, but he's so smart that he's doing that, you know, and why is he doing this? You know, mm-hmm. that's another issue of course, because he tells miles, you know, he could have made, you know, John could have made a shitload of money, but he decided to get out and he's told himself it's not about the money, but is it, <laughs> or you need money to fund certain things. You know what I mean? Like it's not to buy nice things. It's to fund Another heist or another, yeah, it seems to me, I mean, in these kind of shows, the motivation, (laughs) motivation is usually money, power, insanity, revenge. I feel like this is revenge. We look at the flashbacks, which take up a little, there's a little bit in episode one, but a lot in episode two. We see that his dad is paranoid. His mom's hearing clicking on the phone, right? He rips out the phone lines. <laughs> yeah, right. He seems to be kind of, then he takes him into the room to smoke a little candy cigarette with him. Mommy gets upset. There's, a, there's tension there. Where's that coming from? He's also now, being that this is an American show, usually everybody speaks with an American accent and dance has even done American accents in shows before. It's not like he can't do an American accent. So what significance is it that his father is British? Right. Does that have some kind of significance? We know the year was 1981. Now I looked it up. That kid looks to be about 10 years old. In 1981, Kiefer Sutherland is 56 right now. He was a bit older than that, so they're kind of aging him down a bit for this show. What you do in Hwood? What you do in yeah, Hollywood, true, Axel? True. You he know. looks good. He looks good. No Botox. I like the wrinkles. You know, oh, wrinkles are good. I like wrinkles the wrinkles on his ex-wife too, which who also is probably playing a part in this. Um, but I like how she is her, uh, the actress's name is She's interesting. Yeah. What's, yeah. Her, what's her name? I Alexandra. I, Castilla, I think I didn't her name. put her in the notes. <laughs> oh, that's okay. I got the IMDB up, but, um, oh, I, I liked it. She do. seemed more realistic. Um, very realistic. Something's something is, is, uh, something's going on there. There's, there's it a, was a nice moment. It was a nice moment with them when the kid, you know, after the talent show <laughs> and he, and Kiefer gives the standing O to his son. Wow. He's very thing. proud. Do, do, do. <laughs> but, uh, it was, <laughs> you make my heart sing it when they were outside, it was a very nice moment between the two of them to show their relationship, to show they're not at odds. They're about raising this kid, but yeah. she, she, 
she doesn't she's not the like bitchy ex-wife that is pissed off right there doesn't seem to be that, a conflict there it, it, it you know and i like that because that is so cliche you know to have the bitchy ex-wife oh you get you know you work too much and they get you know what you know it can be both ways it can be whatever you know so i'm i'm liking that they did that because i instantly was like oh she's kind of cool and like she's not she, giving him a hard time yeah i know i agree did i did you i almost got the feeling from their conversation i don't have like a script in front of me but i got the feeling it it did seem like they didn't it wasn't like i used to love you or it seemed like maybe it was an arrangement from the beginning like mm. to have a child or is that really his kid or is he just stepping oh, in for someone? Is there another story? There? I don't know. They just, they didn't... seemed like, like best friends yes. versus, you know, uh, ex, ex. Yeah. <laughs> yep. For a guy who also likes his sexy time, it didn't seem like there was like a real, um, uh, friction or fire between them like that. No, there wasn't you at know? all. There yeah. wasn't at all. Well, not a lot of heat happening between mommy and daddy. Maybe that's not his kid. Makes you think too, if he's such an involved dad like this, after having a hard childhood, that is a kind of check in the good guy box, right? Like he seems to have done this part, right? Yeah. You know, it, it, you know, and that's one thing I love about this show. What I think um, uh, Glenn and John, our showrunners, did is they're creating like a lot of misdirections, but also, wait a minute, especially with the John Weir character, is this guy absolutely the devil? Is he doing the right thing? Is he just a paranoid guy? But yet he seems to be good to his kid and his ex-wife. You know, so it's yeah. it's very uh, it's very interesting because there's so many different layers to this. That, you know, I mean, we, we've watched a lot of TV and we've created where, you know, creators in the film business. So it's like, you know, th this is executed very well. And, you know, and, and, and they, they're going against some cliches, but yet they're throwing certain things. You, th you almost think you got to, oh, all right, I know what's going on. And then they throw you a curveball and like, wait, what? Like I didn't see that that would have been fake news and that to set up that guy and I, you know it's just like stuff that I, I just so into it that I didn't realize and then you know they start off with the whole priest thing and that just throws everything off. It, it's just like there's so much that priest going has got to be a part of it right like he is not just there talking to a priest you know it's going to turn out that the priest is a part of whatever conspiracy is going on here speaking of conspiracy one possible. thing we didn't mention which I, another what the hell was happening here because we do have these instances of a kind of a third this third party that seems to be acting upon john if we say hey maybe it is john maybe it's somebody else maybe someone else is involved in another way mm -hmm. which is the two agents who try to take haley away for yeah. when she's checking out and he creates this big thing that seemed a little bit like if they really were, if they, if they knew who he was, wouldn't they recognize him when he jumps in front of them with the phone or is it that's about I, her? You know, that's why I think that was a setup 
orchestrated by John ah. to gain her trust and to gain, you know, like basically that's what happened. He kept saying, aren't you going to thank me for saving you? Like it just felt very, I like staged. that solo. Yep. I like felt it. Very staged. Cause I'm sitting there saying, okay, I get it. Yeah. He's doing, we've seen this now in a bunch of, I think Marvel's done it a couple times. Like we've seen it a bunch of times where they kind of mimic the, the cop thing recording the police doing something wrong right which we've all seen in our lives too many times mm -hmm. now Ugh, sadly many. and then everyone and i like the way he starts the thing like we see you we see you oh <laughs> like, i know and then all of a sudden some guy in a suit is joining in we see you yeah. and it's like yeah right <laughs> yeah, dude. you'd be getting the hot dog it's new york city if something like that happened in new york everybody would just keep on fucking walking that's why maybe the other people were involved too. He did create, you can't trust anything because if it seems like he does have the ability to manipulate this, going, going back to the priest thing where he seems confused, we can only assume next episode, next the one like 24, we'll probably have so many back and forths that, Right. Somebody he trusted went back. He didn't even seem too surprised, though, when intern skateboarder showed up. He wasn't like, you're alive. Is anyone else alive? You know, and the FBI, Maddie said, you better DNA those bodies. You don't know who you're dealing with here. Like, it's not yeah. really them. And that was a whole setup. You know, I kept thinking, too, that explosion. Um. I mean, for him to be caught on camera being outside mm -hmm. there seems planned. But at the same time, did he re – I mean, if, if if John did it, did he really kill them? Were they – you know, are, are they really dead? We hardly knew him, right? Like I was – when the show started, I was like, I yeah. better remember the name of these people. And then I was well, like, I, well, I guess like I don't need to law remember. Order, <laughs> law and Order Organized Crime uh, group. <laughs> you know, but – it. it so there's there's so many questions about everything that happens, Axel. There's you, you could you could come up with so many different alternatives of what's going on, and that's what I love about this show. Is your common thing would be like, okay, someone's after him, they blew them up. That would be your common thing. Second one is he did it to orchestrate, you know. Or third, you know, you know, there's so many different things, but. It's not a call like a CBS linear show where you procedural where you know you know what's going on and maybe there's some twists but they they stick to the script. This one is very outside the box and very like you're manipulating the audience, the characters in the show as well. So so it makes this a lot of fun. I dig it and I'm I do like the one of the other reasons I like the idea of Haley being central to this is could have he put the camera there, of course, very easily. We talk about the th when he rescues her and reminds her. And a good portion of the second episode is really him asking her, trunk or the blindfold, going back and forth, gaining <laughs> her trust, right? At the right. same time, until what happens in the end. She says to him, we're a team. And what is the, what's the ultimate goal of a con man is to convince 
your mark that it was their idea idea yep for to begin with so he does it and by the end of it he's sitting in that car going we're a team we've got to figure that he's like we and i'm like then why do you keep on bringing her with you right like there has to be a greater Mm -hmm. reason yeah because because even she realizes wait a minute someone's trying to grab me i'm not going anywhere i'm staying with you yeah and he plays it off like what like i'm cutting you and you can go that's a typical like like reverse psychology exactly exactly um well what do you do what do you think of uh daddy charles dance showing up when they walk in he's like he hasn't talked yet i'm going to get the hammer or something like that (laughs) but what he's like i was on the privy i was on the privy (laughs) what do they need him to talk about you know what is if that's what that's what makes me feel like the original scam is at the is still kind of at the heart of it. Why do they need this guy? You know, right. I don't know. Yeah, and, and and he was shocked to see Dad there, but was that just a because like at the end of episode one was he though? He didn't seem so shocked. He was just like Dad, you know. He wasn't well, like well, I don't know shocked. you were alive. No, 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 no. Yeah, no, 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 no. Like what? It was a what? What are you doing here? Kinda. Yeah, yeah. Um. So. I mean, it would make sense to me. We're showing the flashbacks of how devastated John was when his dad committed suicide and the funeral, him running away and not putting the dirt on. Like, it would make sense to me that he does know his dad's alive and then maybe he's actually working with his dad to get revenge, like you said, to get revenge on other people or he seems to be the part. Now, for me, Axel, Fight Club ruined everything for me. I love Fight Club. <laughs> one of my I'm constantly going, is this person in that person's conscious? Is that person real? Like even the FBI agent just felt I don't weird f- to me. I don't know. I don't feel like they're going that way in this. No, no they're not. Yeah. After two episodes, they're not. Because there's but no signal thinking- to like mental illness or psychosis or drugs or anything. It, it, and and – and we've seen like the FBI agent was the one that I thought because she was just weird, kind of animated in a certain way. I don't know. It was just weird. There but then is something up with see, that character. We, yeah. We see her talking to, you know, the other, the lead of the investigation after the uh, explosion and that whole thing. So we wouldn't, if that was in Kiefer's head, we wouldn't have seen that unless Kiefer was around the corner or something. And that's so that we know she's seen too, because she's got a backstory and a rep too, right? He says you were knocked down to white collar crimes. So right. What is her so history? Yeah. She's definitely wants to get back in the game and she's been demoted. Something happened. She's constantly badgering John. She's showing up everywhere. He's at It just, I don't know. She's weird. <laughs> and I can't put my finger on it. I mean, let's just, just break it down. Well, she's we, just bizarre. There, they seem to have a backstory, right? She's been following him. She's trying to get him. That he knows her. He knows it was her that showed up. It seems like he wants her to show up. I feel like these people 
keep circulating, and especially at the police station where they all converge together on purpose. And I, right. perhaps, how much is he in control of this? I don't know. Are we going to learn more and more? And maybe it's not total control and there is another person involved. There, I, there does seem be. to be the likelihood of a third party, but we've already talked it through and he could have set a lot of this up. And Haley is really the mark here for some reason. We, all we know right. about her is that she's a lawyer and she seems to, she works with uh, community organizers or a, what was it? A human rights um, foundation or something of that nature. So she th- seems to have some connection to some organization, but he keeps questioning her. I know I don't see that for you, which I thought was weird when he was like, mm-hmm. I don't buy it. I don't buy it. You don't buy what that she would, because he thinks she's, she acts too sophisticated or wealthy to be helping people. You know, there still are people like that, but I think it's almost like he's setting up this attitude for her to break out of it or to con her in some way. Um, But I'm still not sure. And we don't know what the goal, if he, what is he going to discover with this fob? He gets Valance's fob so he can, so they keep on talking about like getting into the system so he can authenticate his password and 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 figure out who's communicating with him or and what he's been up to um right we have that scene where he accosts i think the guy's name is xander in the bathroom that guy seems yeah. suspicious too you know what's funny with him when he's sitting there in the meeting i'm thinking like oh he's He's pulling some strings. He's that number one. And then when you hear his voice and his way he reacts, I'm like, oh, he doesn't seem as yeah. That's why like, it's tough and yeah, you know, it, it seemed like there's a, and he does say, I can't even say his name aloud. He hears everything. And I at that point when he said that, not knowing who plays what role in the show because I don't like to get spoiled, I like to watch the show and then kind of read up on it. I thought maybe. It was Charles Dance that was doing that was going to turn out to be the big leader guy, you know, the the bad guy behind it. I still feel like when you have still a could be yes, when you have a father and son in a show like this, and they both have this history, are they really working together? I mean, we shall see. It wouldn't surprise me if somebody flips or turns out to be working for the other side, but we still don't really know why they're doing this to him. Yeah. We don't know the why yet, which is good because we're, we're, you know, two episodes in, but I mean, could daddy be manipulating son or could son be manipulating dad, you know, because your, your typical thing is daddy manipulating son because the vulnerability is your son and blah, blah, or because of what he did. If he staged his own death, and it ruined his son, you know, son could be, John could be, you know, working him, you know? So again, so many different layers to this, so many different avenues. And I like that because they're not, did you find it was weird? And I think it might've been just because it was the end of the episode when, when, and you mentioned before, I'm like, to me, I'm like, 
if the world is after John Weir, why aren't they at his family's house? I mean, how do you not know he... Well, I mean, it could, you're right. That perhaps there were records. Yeah, they might not know he still owned... But it, that's what I mean. It does seem a little suspicious that... Are the people really after him? Are they trying to make... Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. You know, but when he comes down and has the apple and we see that Ed Holm is alive, that's when, like, for me, I don't know what it was visually, but it looked like his personality changed mm. like my own worst enemy. But then when we came back in episode two, he what you know, nothing really changed. He was the same and you know, but Haley so, but was like, around. Yeah. So is he got another side to him? Maybe it's not different realities. Maybe it's different personalities. I don't know. We'll uh, it just, it was that. weird. Well, you know what, Axel? We will have to see because <laughs> episode three is coming out next this week or next week? Next week? When's in it? two days. We're recording this oh, on Friday. We're late getting Two days this in the valley with Eric Stolt? <laughs> yeah, baby. Yeah, that was one of many uh, Pulp Fiction type ripoffs, right? What was the You're other right. one? Uh, Killing Zoe. Oh, yeah. That was written by Roger Avery, though, wasn't it? And directed before he killed someone in a car accident and went to jail for a long time. Um, Who was a co-writer. And some people say the real uh, genius behind Pulp Fiction. But I think Tarantino has Mm -hmm. turned out to be a pretty decent writer and director. I think so. Um, But that's something different. We're talking about rabbit hole. I think we reached the end. (laughs) I think we pretty much talked about the salient topics of episodes one and two. Anything else that you wanted to say about this show solo? Did you, did you, (laughs) did you feel any, when we go into the flashback of young John Weir, did you feel like some Doors music should be playing (laughs) and Oliver Stone's son should be in a car? Riders on the stone. Yeah, it did. It did kind of. I like the. It had a Doors feel. (laughs) It did, and because also they did a little bit of that, um, the kind of fade in, fade out of the uh, people, like they showed that hill, and then it just kind of like they're walking closer and close. Like it did have a little bit of a. There's definitely they're trying to get a feeling here that. He grew up in a world like this, right? That his life is a rabbit hole. This man is a rabbit hole, not just this situation. And I think they've done a good job of it. I I guess the thing that really surprised me most too is how funny the show is. And they're letting Kiefer be funny because I think he can be a funny dude. Um, and, oh, yeah. And no, Haley adds some humor to it too. I like her character a lot. Yeah, she... At first, I'm like, what? But she, she she's very interesting. And I, I did like the funny banter because we, you know, it felt like, uh, was it <laughs> three for the road or whatever? was it Charlie Sheen, yeah. uh, the girl from Goonies or like, you know, like a midnight run type like thing going on. Definitely. And, you know, and it, it just, it had that element and especially you know, like we said, the scene where he's going crazy and she's like, who the hell are you? You're a crazy dude. He's like, Oh, I'm the like it just, there, there, there's so many different elements and they pulled it off yeah, in this they show They did. because it's hard to do 
because there's so many different, there's creepy with miles jumping off. There's the like oceans 11 type atmosphere with the crew and the, you know, the, the, the con heist, but yet then there's midnight run with Haley and John, and then there's daddy showing up and there's some shining girl. I mean, it's, it's like all these elements of these different things. I like it, man. And I think that this show fits in with kind of Paramount plus brand. I think it fits in with Tulsa King and mayor of Kingstown and maybe even people who are interested in a lot of the CBS procedurals and NCISs and CSIs and criminal minds. And so I, I think, that, you know, so far we're only what five or six days after the premiere and it's hard to gauge these days how popular something is you know i mean a netflix show will be super popular for two days and then everyone forgets about it like that night agent show which is fun fun show um but i like the tone and the tempo of this and i also like all the fucks in it i like that they curse and um it just it's kind of fun to hear i always wanted jack bauer to be like zoe chloe i mean (laughs) chloe get me a fucking satellite that's what I always want. Yeah. <laughs> what the yeah, fuck's like, happening? So yeah. I, I dig that too. All in all, I think it's gonna be a fun show to cover. It'd be it'd be even more fun if we get some uh feedback. You can hit us up with an email, dvrpodcast at gmail.com. I also you can join our daily DVR Facebook group. I also created a rabbit hole Facebook group. If you just look up Rabbit Hole TV, you can join that. Maybe we can have some more specific conversations about the show. We'd love to hear what you all think about it. Check us out at DVRpodcast.com. If you'd like to support us in our podcasting ventures, head on over to Patreon.com slash DVR. And I just got one question for you, Solo. Yeah, hit me. Trunk or blindfold? Oh, give me the blindfold every time. Yeah, baby. That's a different podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Peace. Peace.